flowing mass of black curly hair that ended just above his shoulders. Through this densely hirsute landscape, the priest's eyes shone as black as ripe olives. There were a few creases around them, which were the inevitable result of having to squint against the sunshine. But his hands revealed his youth. They were as unlined as the skin of a newborn. In the evening, when his visits were completed and he had performed all his priestly duties in his four churches, he returned home to eat. This was when he most benefited from the love and adoration of the local women. Almost every day something was waiting for him. A small pot with some bean stew, fasolakia, some soup, or even a kleftiko, a ready-to-eat combination of meat and vegetables. They would come to collect the dish the next morning, so he was in the habit of leaving it outside, washed and ready for collection. And after he had eaten, he would spend the rest of the evening reading the Septuagint, the bare bulb in the ceiling providing only just enough light, even for his young eyesight. One day in May, an epidemic broke out that Papa Stavros could do nothing to curb. The village school, a single room where twenty-five children were huddled close to learn their lessons, was the perfect environment for the spreading of such a sickness. Kyria Manikis, the new teacher, noticed that three siblings had come out in a rash and gently suggested that they should stay home the following day. Her youth and inexperience meant that she had not acted quite fast enough. Their mother should have been called immediately, but those few extra hours in the classroom allowed the virus free reign. Within a day, measles had swept through the village school like an outbreak of plague and the classroom was half empty. Katerina Manikis was obliged to close the school, but diligently gave each child who was still well some exercises to do at home and a book to read. Gradually the children recovered, but just as they were due to return for the end of the summer term, the teacher herself noticed a tell-tale rash on her chest. She languished for a week alone in her home, with feverish temperatures and spots that covered her entire body. The widow who lived next door called a doctor from a nearby town. He got out his stethoscope, peered into her throat, felt her glands, and then crossed the room to wash his hands in her sink. If she did not turn a corner within a few days, she would need to go to hospital, he said. On the tenth day of her sickness, when the doctor had administered more antibiotics than even he considered safe, Papa Stavros visited. Katerina Manikis was aware of a bright shaft of light falling across her bed as her front door was opened and sunshine flooded into the darkness. In the semi-delirium of her sickness, she mistook the flash of light for a divine apparition. Katerina, whispered the old widow who lived next door and was keeping an eye on the teacher, the priest has come. With the widow's help and an extra pillow, Katerina sat up in bed. The light in the room was filtered through the curtains, but across the room she saw the priest warm some water, pour it into a glass, stir in a little honey, and finally sprinkle in a few herbs. He spoke very gently to her and took her limp and sweaty hand. She felt the marble cool fingers, and when she drank the tincture that he offered her, It was as though her fever fell away.
Papa Stavros visited each day for a week. He was a man of few audible words, but prayed silently as he sat at her bedside, his head bowed. With each day, her temperature dropped and her rash receded, and within a fortnight she was on her feet, owing her recovery to God and to the miracle-working priest. Katerina Monikis was sad when she realised that she would no longer hear Papa Stavros's business-like tap on her door, but was glad to be convalescing and to feel her strength growing in the constant warmth of the summer days. She found herself surveying the street in case the priest appeared, and guiltily hoped that one of the widows in the street would soon be in need of his healing powers. As soon as she was strong enough, Katerina Monikis went to the nearest town, to buy a small beaten silver image of a woman to put beside the icon of the Virgin.